0: Welcome everyone to the J D Dragon podcast. I'm Joshua Downey, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm a 12th I'm a grade student at the ISB and I'm a tour guide. And now I'll be guiding you a long I'll be guiding you on a journey about the most, one of the most marginalized and disempowered people in the world. I'm also a member of this community and I'm also a member of this community and since I was born on the twenty ninth of December two thousand I've grown up with cerebral palsy dyspraxia and a whole bunch of other issues so I was born on the twenty ninth of december two thousand in Sydney Australia and at the age of two I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy this I noticed, no doubt came a bit shocking to my family and ever since then I've been trying to overcome my disability and share my story with the rest of the world. At the age of five I moved to Brisbane where it was very difficult for me because I had difficulty fitting in with all the other students at multiple state school and also the public transportation in Australia wasn't great and neither was the healthcare system like I needed a bunch of therapies but they were only let me pick one therapy and when I was 13 I moved here to Basel, Switzerland where I am now currently recording this and so uh, yeah, as a result I had difficulty fitting in once again this one, everything was so foreign to me and also, I'll be. No, and also I difficult difficulty learning German and trying to fit into a new system of behaviors and traditions that the Swiss people have held for centuries. And what I'm trying to say is that, is that no matter where you where you are in the world. No matter whether it's Kenya or the UAE or Australia or Switzerland or the U.S., the experiences of uh, living with a disability will be different, and also I'll be taking you a journey, take you on a journey through some of these countries. We'll be examining disability terminology and how different countries associate with people, you know, and similar. And treat people with disabilities differently overall. What's good and what's not. And. Yeah that's about it. So in the next episode. we talking about like the differences. Well first of all we'll be going through an introduction of what are human rights. And how these rights are applied to people with disabilities. So. Thank you for listening and hope to see you next time. And welcome back to the Jetty Dragon Podcast. And today we're going to discuss a fairly complicated and also a very easy-to-answer question at the exact same time. Well, what are human rights? And And you're probably out there wondering, well, why is he asking us this? We probably already have a good understanding of what human rights are. And the truth is, it's a lot more complicated than that. So, human rights were well, first listed on the UN Convention on Human Rights back in the 40s when the UN was just dying to come together and exist as a organisation after World War Two, And they define human rights as rights that are given to a person just for being well human and these rights are can be inherited by or well, anyone and these rights are also a fundamental part of the of our existence as a species and they cannot be taken away or also known as them being inalienable rights and they are also They cannot be prescribed and they are also indivisible as well and they cannot be divided among the general populace. And they are also universal and interdependent because humans, we we are interdependent. And so, according to the UN, a disability is defined as, or people with disabilities are defined as those who have long-term mental intellectual and sensory impairments and which in which interaction with various altitude and environmental barriers hinders their full and effective participation in society on an equal basis with others, and there are various agreements or international co- conventions or treaties that give people with disabilities for rights or at least are trying to help them achieve that. A prime example of which is the the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities and its operational protocol which were adopted by the vast majority of UN member states in 2006. However, there are many barriers which hinder the full implementation of these conventions and treaties, such as the geography of countries, like for example, that people in Australia, these people in the rural parts of Australia have difficulty accessing full medical services because of the geography and the distance and the fact that public transport in Australia just isn't all that great and also this one, and also the yeah, CRPD which is an abbreviation for the Convention on the Right so persons with disabilities was heavily influenced by civil society as well like in 2006 many activists at the time and advocates also took part along with diplomats and politicians and helped writing the Convention and also people with disabilities or other able people are twice as three times as more likely to find health care and insufficient or be treated poorly by the health system as well in many countries and Community needs the voices of other able people and members of our community because we are the experts on our disabilities and how we can help influence their society our our society and how we can gain full implementation into our into the devices and decisions that will help us achieve our full goals as well so. And the well, question is, well, why are human rights considered secondary to other development goals? Well, simply because we have a decent understanding of what human rights are and how we follow them. Like, for example, in alpino codes and other instruments that are used to monitor, that are used to control society. And well, then, so, so how should we address people with disabilities in societies? Well, first of all, we shouldn't say that they suffer from their conditions because that that helps to create and reinforce negative opinions and stereotypes and images about disability. However, we should also let people, let members of our community decide how. They want to be referred to and how we want to be referred to as well disability law it is one of the areas that affect our communi- that affects our community the most, and a large part of that was the introduction of the, con- of the Convention of the Rights of Persons with Disabilities back in two thousand and six by the u n This convention grants our community rights and privileges according to that of the of the UNHDR the UN Declaration of Human Rights and while this was is a good step in the right direction as it was back in 2006 I believe it is time that we rework it for the modern day era because it is no longer 2006 it is now 2019 and I believe that it need, that just like everything else, the law needs to be updated. And so, and why is this? Well, first of all, few reasons. I was bef- born before the introduction of the CRPD, and my early life, it wasn't that great, to say the least. And even still, as I, as I went up and grew up my life in Australia, and also over here, I felt that the CRPD, unlike other human rights documents, was one that really wasn't talked about. Like, I didn't even know about it until I started doing deep research into disability disability rights. And I became passionate about it. How. However, this document was written partially with human rights advocates and people with disabilities back in 2006 and now those same viewpoints, they could potentially change among people with disabilities, just like with all the viewpoints, what might be good back in 2006 isn't really applicable in 2019 or is at least not as partially applicable. Now, in the modern era. And also, there are several points that could be problematic, depending on the. Because just like any law, it could be interpreted completely differently. Like the content of the CRPD doesn't really stress anything different than the. Like the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, or the UN Convention on Discrimination Against Women, or just the UN Universal Declaration of Human Rights back in the 40s. However, you see, in order to get people with disabilities, of different disabilities of all different types, you need to examine their condition. Itself, but also what they want, because they because we know our conditions better than anyone else, and if like you can't really have a blanket declaration for everyone with a disability, because a it crosses cultures, it crosses ethnic boundaries, it crosses needs and wants and over all the conditions themselves, what people with disabilities need is to come together as a single entity, sort, sort of like a single nation, if you would, like a single community, and work on something that they themselves want or need, and how and work together to try and come to a conclusion. And the problem is, is that a lot of governments they don't employ a lot of people. They don't like people with dis- disabilities don't really work in the go in a lot of government areas are so particularly limited when it comes to like voting and working at official positions and particularly try to represent the community on the world stage on the world geopolitical stage. And I feel that. Because is because of that that we typically don't talk about the rights of people with disabilities, and we just assume that it was all solved, all really different, and how and that and that's all good now. Well, short to say, it's got a long way before we get there. Like even women who took many, many, many years to get their rights heard still haven't been fully given equal treatment in many parts of the world and this is particularly problematic if you're like the last person standing like the last band standing or you're the last group to be recognised or because you're particularly marginalised and you haven't got a lot of means to of access yet And so what I believe is that we should host another summit for, this, for the U on redrafting the CRPD and see what the advocates of 2019 agree and disagree with the advocates of 2006, and also try to get our voices heard at the U.N, at the, like the E.U, at the Council of Europe, at the African Union and East African communities. Thanks for listening and bye. And what? today we're going to talk about the UN sustainability 2030 agenda and how these goals tie to people with disabilities. So the UN has got a agenda ready for 2030 to prepare the world for a more sustainable future. Hopefully and has laid out some of these goals to tie with people with disabilities and their rights. So right now we're going to talk, go through each of these goals and talk about what they are. So first of all we got goal, twin, we got goal 4 on inclusive and equitable quality education and promotion of life lifelong learning opportunities for people with disabilities. We will focus on Eliminating gender disparities and education, ensuring equal access to all levels of education and vocational training for vulnerable people, including people with disabilities. In addition, the goal states that for proposal calls for building and upgrading educational facilities that are child, disability, and gender sensitive and accessible, and also provide a safe, non-violent, inclusive, effective learning environments for all. And then we've got goal eight, which is to promote sustained, inclusive and sustainable economic growth and, full pro- and productive employment and decent work for all in the international community, aims to, aim to achieve full, productive employment and decent work for all women and men, including for people with disabilities, and equal pay and equal work value. So what this means is in addition to providing long terms of got like education and also work, but also a large proportion of this could be people with disabilities to start their own businesses and hopefully start service which helps and promotes them promote them. Okay, and then we got goal 10, which is to strive and reduce inequality among countries by empowering and promoting social, economic, and political inclusion for all, including people with disabilities, as well as goal 11, which is to work to make cities inclusive, safe, and sustainable. And to realize this goal, member states are uh, to provide access to safe, affordable, accessible, sustainable transport system for all improving our safe, notably by expanding public transport with special attention to the needs of those in vulnerable situations such as persons to people with disabilities. In addition, the proposal calls for providing universal access to safe and inclusive and accessible green and public spaces, particularly for people with disabilities. Finally Goal 17 stresses that in order to strengthen the means of implementation and, re- and revitalize the global partnership with sustainable development, the collection of done and monitoring and accountability to the sustainable, su- sustainable development goal is crucial, and the member states are called upon to enhance capacity and building support for developing countries, including least developed countries and small island developing states, which were significantly deep increase the availability of high quality, timely and reliable data that is also desegregated by disability. And so what we can see is that the UN does have a lot of attention to people with disabilities, but the real focus is helping member states incorporate those or also take into account their cultural and especially their historical like legacy and traditions, but also people with disabilities need to be able to access these services, and also state the policymakers like their experience with legislation and and also society in general, so that way policymakers can can take these that could take these complaints or talks and incorporate them into legislation hopefully and also hopefully to create a area in which people with disabilities have a voice and also have a community where they can help each other and function on their own. Also there should be like a governing body run by people with disabilities for people with disabilities to in each in each country to cooperate together and also these branches could also communicate with each other, creating a wider connection and culture among people with disabilities. And also, the, and also the UN on the 11th of June of this year, the Secretary General Antonio Guterres spoke at the 12th session on the Conference of the States and Parties to the Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities. We say that disability inclusion is a fundamental right, and that realizing the rights of our community is a matter of justice as well as common sense investment in our, in our common future. And this was a quote by Antonio Guterres. And he says that when we remove policies or biases or obstacles to opportunity for people with disabilities, the whole world benefits. And this came after a Syrian woman with cerebral palsy and used a wheelchair came to the UN Security Council stated that the UN could and should do more to help benefit people with disabilities and raise awareness about their situation, especially in wartime countries. And of course the UN has acknowledged that, they have a long way to go before full implementation and acknowledgement and accessibility for the UN to give people with disabilities rights, right to voice their reason, voice their situations in different countries, voice their lives. <coughs> and he Announced the creation of a disability inclusion strategy which aims to raise standards of UN performance on disability inclusion across the board and make the UN an uh, employer of choice for people with disabilities. He says, We can no, and Antonio Guterres said that we can no longer be a platform for change and persons with disabilities cannot access that platform to speak. And the UN. And the UN's new strategy has clear benchmarks that will encourage more people with disabilities to work and be better supported by the UN. And there will be a council action which focuses the... which which follows apparently a moving testimony. I don't know what that is. From April from... Oh, so they're talking about the um, the testimony that the woman regime Mustafa told the Security Council, and they're encouraging. Miss. And that encouraging Member States to ensure that people with disabilities enjoy full equal access to services, including education, healthcare, transportation, and information and communication technology. And the council further urged states to enable the meaningful participation and representation of people with disabilities, including their representative organizations in the humanitarian action and conflict prevention, resolution and reconciliation, reconstruction and peace building. The council emphasizes the need for states' impunity for criminal acts against civilians, including those with disabilities, and to ensure that they have access to justice and effective remedies. And as appropriate preparation, it called upon all parties to um, conflict and to allow s- and facilitate safety safe, timely and unimpeded, un- unimpeded humanitarian access, and further by the resolution, the Council and Member States to take steps to eliminate discrimination and marginalization on the basis of disability. And situations and conflict, it also urged state parties to comply with their obligations under the 2006 Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. And the thing is, the problem I have with this is that this is the first UN action since the Convention on the Rights of People with Disabilities, all the way back in 2006. And the fact that it took it shouldn't take a refugee with a disability to approach the UN itself, saying that they can should do more to protect and put an overall emphasis on disability rights. And it shouldn't it should just be a forefront with the like it shouldn't it should just be a regular area of attention, just like women and LGBT people and their rights, which are more reported on. As, well as indigenous people and this resolution it focuses primarily on conflict areas. What about other areas and countries that were or are recovering from conflict, like the former Yugoslav republics and the former Soviet Union? Right, and also the see, and also the thing is, the CRPD was adopted in two thousand six and the laws has changed since then and it should be updated to reflect that because the laws has changed since then and people's attitudes has also changed since then and also the ones and needs of people with disabilities have changed a lot since then and the see C- no. and according to an article by the Huffington Post a large amount of people with disabilities are hidden, even those with visible disabilities still face discrimination in society a large part is the lack of advocacy it's the fact it's the fact that it can be difficult to find accessible locations for special parking spots and wheelchair wraps and also like race or LGBT people, people just uh, often seen as less capable of taking care of, it. but so often seen as less capable of taking care of ourselves. Well, thanks for listening. And next up, we're going to talk about my thoughts on people On disability rights, and how I feel that we could do more to change that. Okay, well, thank you for listening, and bye. I'm going to look at some statistics from the World Health Organization on disability, and so these statistics are very, very surprising, and I'm pretty sure some of you will be surprised. Well. Anyway, let's get into it. So, number one is about that fifteen percent of the world pop- world's population live with some form of disability, which is ten, which one hundred ten to one hundred fifty million adults have very si- si- significant disability func- difficulties functioning, and rates of disabilities are due to population aging and the global increase in chronic health conditions and lower income countries have actually got a higher prevalence of disability than higher income countries. Disability is more common among women, older people and children and adults who who are poor. Half of all other able people cannot afford healthcare compared to one third of the able population. People with disabilities are more Than twice as likely to find healthcare providers' skills inadequate and people with disabilities are four times more likely to report being treated badly and three times as more likely to be denied healthcare overall. And education completion gaps are found across all age groups and all settings with the pattern more pronounced in poorer countries, for example, the difference between The percentage of other abled children and the percentage of able children attending primary school is ten percent in India and sixty percent in Indonesia. Global data shows that the employment rates are lower for other abled men at fifty three percent and other abled women at twenty percent than compared to able men at sixty five percent and abled women at thirty percent in and OECD countries. The employment rate is for people with disabilities is 4% was over half than that. The unemployment rate for people with disabilities was over. The employment rate for people with disabilities was over half than that for people without disabilities. People with disabilities have worse living conditions, including insufficient food, poor housing, lack of access to safe water and sanitation of the people without disabilities. Because of extra costs such as medical care, as devices personal support, people with disabilities are generally poorer than people without disabilities with similar incomes. In many countries, rehabilitation services are inadequate. Data from Four southern African countries found that twenty-eight to sixty-five percent of people. from four southern African countries found that twenty-eight to sixty-five percent of people that needed one. Only seventeen to thirty-seven percent of those same people received the assistive devices they needed. And 40% of people with disabilities do not generally have their needs met for assistance with everyday tasks. In the USA, 70% of adults rely on family and friends for assistance with daily tasks. To overcome barriers, governments can promote access to mainstream services, promote ac- and adopt national strategies and plans of action improve staff education training and recruitment provide adequate funding increase public awareness and understanding of disability strengthen research and data collection and ensure the involvement of people with disabilities in implementing policies and programs and one of these apps is actually an app called UN data which is a free App given, uh, released by the UN on various statistics on pretty much all the member states, plus a few extra extra territories and non member states. Palestine, the Holy See, various territories like Hong Kong, Macau. Anyway, so uh, I use the app quite a bit for research and just for passing time in general. And what I notice is that there is no statistic for people with disability under any of the categories in the terms of the social and economic areas. And what I feel that should be done is that there really should be either a separate app entirely or just an update that gives statistics on people with disabilities in different countries that the UN has researched and surveyed and done all that other work, because keep that this app covers infrastructure, it covers economic situation, it covers education, it covers health, however none of it talks about people with disabilities at all. So if, and I feel that if we really want this app to be useful towards disability rights advocates and just people interested in disability in general, the UN should really release an app or update to this app, displaying disability d- statistics in all their member states, or at least in me- as many member states as possible. talk about like my opinions on some disability facts and also I got these a lot from my own life, my own experiences of living in two different countries with a disability and well, just going to go through some of my thoughts. So, right. so first of all, I see that a lot of countries that people with disabilities live in of circular environments and even though some people might have a disability they may not be able to fully understand what it is they might not be able to understand why people do things when they do have a disability and also a, a lot of disability rights work is done by people without disabilities and who probably don't know what it's like to actually live with a disability or possibly live with a relative. If you do, you might not be able to fully understand or disability as was they understand the disability because they're the one who actually has to live with it. And also while well, disability rights protection laws is a step in the right direction by many countries they're also difficult to enforce. mean. Would mean that the real problem of protecting and defending rights of our community is not really like fully done in a lot of countries, and there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And also, the disability rights movement and this is a, a kind of sad thing. It's not really taught a lot in world history classes, it's like you know, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, and they're rights movements in their countries but the disability rights movement isn't really taught about and I feel like it should be taught about more because people with disabilities have done a lot in the past and also they're doing a lot in the present and we really need to cover that more and even I've been asked this and it's well what happened to you and how did and how to it happen now? or what's Wrong with you, or something that isn't what that we all face when well, you live with a disability, and the point is, it's not would they okay to say that because it's the disability isn't shouldn't really be saying something wrong with you, it should be saying something different. Like, we all are different, this is we all have habits. So it should just be seen as a number, as an sort of an extension of that. Now, part of the lack of disability understanding and promotion rights could be due to historical and cultural context, and we often see this in, because we often see that in people with disabilities where they're most affected is in poor, poorer countries, like, especially countries that were under colonial rule by Europeans, like, especially in Africa and the Middle East. And the fact is that we have only really known about this really since, like, the mid-20th century. And also a lot of it could be due to religious and cultural context. Well, now this is like and there's actually a name for disability discrimination it's called ableism. And you might think I'm making this word up but I'm not it's a word that especially if you live in America or the UK and you live with a disability it's probably it's possibly a word that you've seen before on like social media and stuff like that. However, there are other names for this, such as disabledism. and and also there are other words that are called disabledism. and it really covers language or behaviour which devalue people with disabilities which may even do even though you're not realising it. It's a bit more complicated than to say racism, more sexism. and And there's actually another reason why, or it could be another reason why pe- why people don't really talk about disability rights is that ever since institutions for people with disabilities like, are actually closed especially in the US since during 1955 and 1994 and while this was an incredible milestone it created new problems because of the way society brings people with disabilities as a problem that let's face it, we're still and today I'm going back on the topic of ableism could be like a large place you would see this is on social media posts like one example could be learning to just bang laptops from lecture halls with the exception of other able people who can provide proof of their condition like do you really need to provide proof of your condition like, if you that should be proven up. And this could make people with disabilities uncomfortable when asking for assistance in schools because they could be ridiculed just for simply having the disability. And also, one major reason why Dubai or major Swiss cities. Uh, working to advance inclusivity could be due to immigration economics, especially for people who are looking for a better life. Because I know that people with disabilities could provide a lot to the local economy. I'm still seeing segregation in many forms, like in many like if you go and you have a disability, there's only a limited selection of places for you to work. And all of them are like largely filled with people with disabilities working there, rather than like mainstream businesses. Okay, and also, mm. instead, of, should, instead of establishing separate businesses in homes with people with disabilities, we should focus on increasing and improving the ones we already have. And also assisted. Also, there's also the issue of assisted living and homes for people with disabilities, which is like a lot, and it's a facility run by nurses who you don't know, possibly don't care about being in a home rather than being in society, can be so supported. By family and friends rather than strangers who are at most probably just trying to make a living. And so I feel that like we should focus on creating a curriculum or universities for people with disabilities who potentially want to go and pursue that path when it comes to higher education and working, etc. Which also make focus on making universal, accessible to people with like physical and, men, and cognitive disabilities. And so, well, And here's one thing I read about like I read about ableism, and it's so it's a very narrow-minded perception of disability and that assumption and that, and that assumption of that individuals with disabilities need and want certain things assuming that those individuals constantly need help without actually asking for it, is a common experience with ableism and i read this all online I find that a lot, there are a lot of posts out there by people with disabilities talking about their experiences with like ableism, and even though people without disabilities might not realise that it, it's ableist, it could actually be incre- incredibly so. And we need to create a platform which we can speak up about these experiences and bring the community together. And Automatically helping people without asking for sure. No, not because you don't do it to a person without a disability. You, you always ask for help first. So why would you do the exact same thing for people with with, other or different abilities? Uh, to me, it, all, it eventually comes down to the fact that ableism is saying or doing anything It goes against the wishes of a person with a disability. Hmm. Welcome back, everyone, to the Daily Dragon podcast, and today we're going to return to some of my thoughts on disability issues, because I feel that we have a difficult time defining disability and who and what this definition includes. For like, for example, do we regard people with broken bones as having a disability? And how do we define the difference between a quirk or just a habit and a disability? And we also need to have a better understanding of physical or visible disabilities, such as people, wheelchairs, people using walkers, than invisible disabilities because we can't see them. So for example, we have a better understanding of blindness and deafness and therefore we can support them better. But how about but how does that translate into supporting people with invisible disabilities, which the vast majority of disabilities are? And in my opinion, the disability sign should be updated to reflect more and more disabilities as our understanding goes on and progresses and becomes even better because to me it's just an overgeneralisation of disability. If you got a wheelchair, because that could lead to people defining disability as oh you then do you use a wheelchair every day. You don't. You can walk fine. You don't seem to have a disability and this. Like that, and I feel that returning to our good old body of the u n here is that we well see the u n has an app that we that features human rights news stories, however, I've only seen disability coverage a few times, like it's not as permanent as race or gender or sexual orient- or l g b t And I feel that because of this, the world doesn't exactly know what the lives of people with disabilities are when compared to other groups, and therefore we can't raise awareness about the issue more. Back over to the G- to the GG Dragon podcast, and today we're going to talk about my thoughts on disability again because I got some more. Hey, well, for starters, is that people with disabilities should be really being charged with their own support groups, and that we, as with the disability, should be able to choose who and who cannot be a member of our support groups, just like people without disabilities, should be able to move people. like doing their jokes properly in terms of supporting us doing all that and we should also be able to decide what support we should need and how we should go about getting it as well and while we think of conflict areas that's usually like war torn countries but for us and as people with disabilities our conflict is like just beginning and our conflict is be accept, accepted by society as people with rights, people who are as capable as everyone else. Oh, Martin Luther King Jr. And while there are people like Martin Luther King Jr. and in the face of African American identity, stuff come out a Turkish national identity. But as people with disabilities, we never had such a figure. And we weren't because we were never given such an opportunity. And all spoke to advance disability rights, uh, such as the CRPD. Happened within in my lifetime, and I'm only and I'm only 18 years old, so that gives you the idea of how young the field is. It has come a long way since the closure of SARS but it should be allowed to growing. Now I want to talk about disability fraud as it can be harder to detect than other forms of fraud as majority of people with receiving disability payments, at least 90% of that is that uh, do not use a walker or a wheelchair. And while at the same time people who need Wheelchairs will not qualify for disability payments, since most disabilities are like invisible. Like, it's not very easy to determine whether the whether someone receiving a disability payment is actually has a disability, and that this can be result in denial of future benefits as well as prosecution. And due to the like fact that the vast majority of people who apply for disability insurance have visible disabilities. There could be like a like there could be false arrest or due to like a visibility and understanding about disability in general. Welcome back everyone to the JT Dragon podcast and today we're going to talk about an NGO. Specifically Humanitarian Inclusion, originally uh, known as Handicap International, which was founded in 1992 by two French doctors and they assist people with disabilities in conflict areas. And they have a ton of countries, including Algeria and Angola and Mauritania, a lot of countries in the Middle East and Africa where they help and assist people with disabilities such and and they also have bases of operation countries like canada germany switzerland and yeah as well and so now we're going to talk well i'm going to eventually get into the two models of disability in the future but as but well, it might be as these organization could we talked about could be it founded by two doctors, it could be lean towards a medical model, which treats disability really as more like a physical condition that needs to be cured rather than the social model. I don't know all details at the moment. But whether well, that's really it. And so back to my Thoughts on disability issues. Well, another reason why people with disability don't talk about and get much attention to that because a lot of disabilities aren't visible, so they cannot be seen by other people. And also, they are over with other. M- Minority groups like indigenous people and LGBT people, and, and also, one way we can solve this is by having people with disabilities work with other advocates like LGBT advocates and also women's rights advocates as well. Also there's a lot of variety of disabilities that affect people's needs like sexual orientation or indigenous culture. And also disability discrimination occurs varies a lot by different countries but overall I believe it could be because the world was not designed for us and our differences and what we should focus on is trying to make the world more inclusive and also tackle discrimination in a lot of countries about understanding why as well And also in countries with severe discrimination, be, people with disabilities should find a way to to deliberately try to create platforms for themselves where they can voice the needs of them and members in their society, and also one advantage to having a disability could be that you can tackle everyday problems in new and innovative and creative ways. And also, one problem with ableism is that we've grown up, like society has grown up with this picture that assistive devices and disability go hand in hand, which in some cases they do. But also not acknowledging the vast majority of disabilities that are invisible, is able and like the little what little what. And also, the all. chair symbol not could also be interpreted as a symbol of doing the exact same task, but in a different, completely new way. also I want to talk about pensions a little bit and that a pension government potentially label someone and limit them in addition to their disability from doing certain types of work and that they should be I feel like there should be a bank and that bank should be run by people with disabilities, founded by people with disabilities to give people to help people with disabilities gain the finances they need to start their own businesses which they can combine their passion with their story growing up with a disability. Because while they can't perform the everyday jobs, they do have differences that could affect them in the business world. business So, thank you for listening. Bye.